All right, we're back. Drake wants me to tell everyone that I went to the top of Baldy Mountain this morning. Well, he said he ran to the top, but run or walk or hike or I crawl, did. that's a long ways. I did not run, but I tried to go as fast as I could. Heck yeah. Um, what, are you getting, what are you getting in shape for? Freaking killing crats. Killing crats. <laughs> crats? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, man. What else? I don't know. I'm a little bit like, uh, I feel like if you want to really kill stuff, you just got to have that predator mindset all the time. Yeah. And I've come to the conclusion that fishing is really not that fun most of the time. So I'm going to do that less. And we have no water in Montana. So I've just been scouting more. I've just been hiking more. Nice. Stay in shape. Did a little bit of trail running. Cool. Mostly just to get my ass kicked. Humble me a little bit. Trail running is hard. It's definitely a different uh, demand on your legs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever trail run? Try to? Uh, I used to. I used to run cross country and trail ran all the time. And it was awesome. Yeah. I've got like uh, rubber bands on my ankles. So I've n- I like never roll my ankles. Nice. I can like step on a big wet log or or root and like be totally fine so Heck yeah that's kind of a i've definitely rolled my ankles a lot in the mountains on photo shoots and all that stuff and i'm totally fine yeah doesn't phase me at all i've been with other people that every two days they roll their ankle and sprain their ankle it's bad so i roll my right one all the time but i like sprained it so bad in the past i don't know if i just stretched the ligaments out and they healed in a weird way or or what but either that or my body is so good at recognizing that i'm about to roll it that it just takes the weight off it but could be. I can twist that thing over 90 and just keep going. <laughs> but, yeah. I also like to, uh, as I get older, stay in good shape just to, like, keep the young guys young. Yeah. Well. Put them in their place. Kind of like, saying. be like, yo, like, I'm quite a bit older than you boys and might want to get on it. <laughs> Because there's going to come a day when as hard as I want to go, they're going to beat me. So I'm trying to take advantage of it while I can. <laughs> Keep them motivated. Hopefully they'll motivate me when I start being the slow one. There you go. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Alaska for a big photo assignment, like a 20-day backpack hunt in a week. And I I mean, I haven't carried a 70-pound pack in two years. Like hardly any prep. I'm, I'm hopeful that I've just lived an active enough lifestyle. It'll be fine. I probably will. But like... I got a feeling I'm going to get my you will, but it's ass hurt. handed to me for a couple of days anyway. Yeah. So I'm going with a buddy that, uh, his name is Isaac Dooling. He's a sheep guide and also a heli ski guide in the winter. And he's like six, five and he's kind of built like you, Zach, but like longer legs, mm-hmm. just a hike and fool. Nice. Like every day he's out just, just doing mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm kind of like, Oh boy. Last time I saw him, he hiked me into the dirt. So last time we went hunting, I hiked you into the dirt. I was sick. This is a common thread, <laughs> folks. Yeah. Drake's getting old. Drake's getting old. I'm going to have to build him out a workout program for 2022. You should. You just need to come. We'll just, we'll work out together. Yeah. Yeah. Or just once. But you're never around. <laughs> See, the problem with Drake is that he's always doing something. You just don't know what. There's always something to you're do. You're elusive. I am. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I, quote live in bozeman montana but i spend very little time here mm-hmm. so which is not i mean i don't know 
Bozeman. I, I love Bozeman. It's, it's a cool place and all my friends are here and stuff, but like just constantly, there's just so many things to do. Yeah. Skiing, fishing, hunting, et cetera. There's just a plethora of things to do. So you're a lumberman now. A lumberman. So yeah. The <laughs> man of the lumber. The man of the lumber. <laughs> yes. Got a, got a little sawmill up at my family's place and been falling trees and bucking them into 12 foot chunks and hauling Dude, around where's the, the danky and... lumber content i know well my dad and i've been talking about that i was like dad like we could legit probably do a pretty cool like youtube series on you know living off the land or what, whatever it may be because people would find that pretty interesting i feel like you make some money doing some woodworking yeah yeah you could it's pretty fun it's 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 uh it's cool to like take a you know, live 100 foot or 50 foot tall tree and turn it into a two by six or you two should, by eight or whatever. You should do a uh, chainsaw carving one day. I should. Yeah. Just, I mean, you got plenty of trees. <laughs> it doesn't true. matter if it turns out <laughs> crappy, you just throw it in the burn pile or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if I had trees at my disposal, I'd definitely be carving something. Well, I hear you've got a thing for. Uh, that didn't happen. No, that, yeah. The totem right. pole. I totem didn't, pole. Didn't. Yeah. Well, it still out. could. I know, I know a guy that's got lots of trees. Yep. Yep. They might not be the right kind of wood. <laughs> we got we got uh, fir and pine. Yeah, I don't think those are what true authentic totem poles are made out of. They gotta yeah. they gotta resist weather. Yeah, probably more of a western larch or something that's on the coast. But yeah, more of something coastal. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Right yeah, now, I agree. Right now, be. we we don't get any rain, so these trees definitely, yeah, they wouldn't be able to handle any moisture. No, you don't want to cut them up either just because they'll split apart. But. Any close calls out of the mill, cutting trees? Um, Nothing Other too than crazy. Other flipping the tractor and having it fall on you? Well, all that. <laughs> that that's where, like, gosh, the, the content. I mean, you could create cool content around just so many things in life like you know we live in montana like our day-to-day occurrences is, is there's always something exciting and then you know you, you do hunting that's also exciting this is where that intern comes into play i Drake. know i know <laughs> then you're running the, the sawmill and cutting trees yeah it's haul, hauling those things with the tractor i mean the tractor weighs a lot but then you, you try to pick up a log that weighs i have no idea two or three thousand pounds and you're on a bit of a side hill like yeah we've gotten pretty tippy with the, the tractor but hmm. it's uh it's exciting yeah, it's exciting for sure. Heck yeah! But you gonna you gonna do the tree stand thing for elk again? Probably a little bit. Probably the first week hmm. of the season. Yeah, last year I had two pretty good opportunities to shoot a cow at like five yards, and so so this year I got a I got a B tag for the area that oh. I'm in. So it's it's happening for sure. You ever thought about doing the ground blind? Yeah, yeah. Um, Zach and I talked last year. I well, I, I totally just went head first into the tree stand game for elk and then he kind of convinced me after i'd already bought all these stands and stuff he's like why don't you just do ground blinds and had some pretty good reasons i to have do one that. you can use too it's yeah. still in the box okay still in the box <laughs> i might take you up on that yeah i don't have any killer wallows to hike it into so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll uh we'll see but yeah trying to kill a bull from a tree i i think it's totally doable i just man the, the winds were being super finicky on me last year and just couldn't quite figure it out um but yeah it's it, the ironic thing is i had i had cow elk walk right underneath my stand <coughs> one of the cooler elk hunting experiences i've ever had just nice. just because they were that close and you know 
I was like up in the tree, like with my iPhone, just like taking pictures of my feet and elk in the same frame. And, um, what yeah, I, very what, unique. What iPhone do you have right now? I've just got a, I need to upgrade. I've had this one for a couple of years, but it's just iPhone 10. I almost went to Verizon today. I'm going to maybe do it tomorrow. I just rem- remembered that I probably should get everything off this phone in case it doesn't transfer over. I don't know if I'm going to keep it, if I'm going to turn it in. I need to make sure PhoneScope's got an adapter built for the new ones. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, the, the three lens ones. I think they yeah. do. Yeah. I kind of want the smaller screen, so I might only have two lenses. Mm, yeah. Where do you where do you keep your iPhone when you're out, like hunting? In your pocket? Waist belt? Uh, it kind of depends. I usually keep it in my bino harness, but sometimes I got uh, too much stuff kind of attached to my bino harness that I then keep it in my pocket, but usually one of those places. So if it's in either way, like your iPhone is super accessible if it's in your side pocket or a waist belt pocket, or if it's in your bino holster, like or harness, it's just super accessible. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. So much of the stuff that I shoot these days for clients, they, they always, you know, I'm there to shoot photos primarily, but they're also like, Hey, we want like cool, badass like vertical iPhone video clips. It's just like, Holy cow. And like from a, a standpoint of what gets the most views and maybe what gets used the most, it's like my iPhone clips get used a ton by these brands, yep. which kind of, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't devalue photography. It's just used in a different way that sees a heck of a lot more eyes. I mean, um, yeah. So that, that part's been, been pretty interesting. But hmm. Yeah. Just random stuff you experience in the woods. Or if you're on a shoot and some wild, cool thing happens, you just film it with your phone and random experiences, with Drake, random experiences with Drake. Do you ever wish that you're, you had come up with a name for your vlog? Um, Wow, uh, we thought about than it. Just for the vlog. The vlog. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of basic, but, <laughs> but it's the vlog. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, can, you still could change it, but I just was wondering if you ever think about it. Yeah, part of me just I love saying the vlog because so many people call it the vlog. I'm like, it is not the vlog. If it was the vlog, it'd be like v dash vlog, v hyphen log. So part it's of me is not, just kind it's of it's a vlog. It's like a blog, but it's video. Yeah. Exactly. Do you ever think about the vlogs like a blog? Kind of, yeah. Some of them, they're kind of like, okay, I have five points that I want to make, and I'm going to address the point and then talk about it, and then address the next point and talk about it, but only have video elements. So How is the similar. vlog production going to go as hunting season starts? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work, buddy. <laughs> are we going to see a decrease in vlog episodes, or you got a bunch in the hopper? No, I've got a bunch in the hopper, and I, I'm – Part of what's kind of keeping me in check a little bit is I've got a few brands on board that are actually sponsoring the vlog and we have a set amount of deliverables. So like, yep. I don't, I can't just be like, Oh, I'm just like lazy or I, I can't All just right. slack. Like I got to keep plugging and it's been cool. I've, I've done a, a lot more than I probably ever have in, a, in the last six months. So nice. um, yeah, that's been fun, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. I wouldn't call it a transition from photography. It's just kind of the vlog really took off kind of as a result of covid just not being able to travel for photography and i was like ah what's something else that i can do it's kind yeah. of a passion project and then it was the vlog and now that thing's kind of created its own legs a little bit so which is Heck pretty fun yeah. the other thing i love about it too when you when you shoot photos for brands it's it's less outward facing meaning like you're not like communicating with individuals as much but with the vlog it's like the vlog is a very relatable thing yeah. any videos you do if you post them to youtube like anyone can see that 
Um, but when you're shooting for some of these higher end brands, it's like, you know, your photo might be used for some really cool thing, but it's like your name might not be associated with it. It's super branded. It's less about yeah. you as a character. It's more, it's just about the brand, which is, you know, both of those things are, are great, but I've, I've definitely gotten, it's been cool to reach actual individuals through the vlog. I think that, nice. that has a bigger reward to me than just shooting photos for brands. So heck yeah, but I can see that. Yeah. So, uh, so you're shooting for sick, huh? Sheep hunt. Yeah. Yeah. In a week here going up to Alaska for, for about three weeks. So do they give you shot list? Um, a little bit. We had some of the <laughs> kind what of the, the heck, the, Craig. Yeah. I know Craig, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, no, it's, um, some of the, so, so most of these shoots in so an ideal is this, world. Is this a product shoot or is this just a general imagery shoot? What's the what's general the imagery shoot? Yeah. So basically I'm just going and documenting uh, my guiding friend, Isaac Dooling, um, guide one to two doll sheep hunts nice. and obviously incorporate. I mean, it'll be very just, you know, as it happens, more documentary style. Yep. Um, but then we've got some, some of the new products that will focus imagery around nice. or capturing imagery around as well. So you shoot some video. Little video as well, yeah. Nice. I'll probably bang out a vlog episode or, or three out of this one too. So Ooh. yeah, all the things. Heck yeah. <laughs> but what so about you, dude? What's when, your first? When does thing? the vlog go in effect with the sponsors, or has it already? It already has. Yeah. Okay. I didn't catch that then. Yeah. Hmm. It did like attention. a month ago. It's very subtle. You might not know. That's the key. How though. do you integrate the sponsor? Very subtly. Just like a one frame in there, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it. like in like maybe like twenty seconds of like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, talking with some of these brands that, you know, some that have either come on as sponsors or some that I'm continuing to have these conversations with, and it's they want most of them. They're like, we want it to be so subtle that that people don't even know that they're a, that, that whatever brand is a sponsor. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, I think, you know, in an ideal world, you would never know, and it would just come off super authentic. So then if you did see me wearing XYZ product, you'd be like, oh, yeah. sweet, like, that's awesome. But as soon as you see a logo attached to that, it's just kind of like, eh. But at the end that's of the day. That's probably why I didn't notice that you already had them integrated, yeah. which is great. I just wasn't sure if you were, like, if it was going to, if you are going to rebrand it. No, no. Not rebrand yeah. it, but, like maybe like approach that episode or certain episodes differently Yeah, where it would be more closely attached. I'm trying not to do that purely just to hold on to the creative freedom of it and to just, just to do what I want to do. Yep. And like, obviously there's brands and there's products that I have used my whole life. That'll never really change because I, I just want to use the, the best stuff that I know that exists. Yeah. And as long as I'm continuing to do that, I mean, you're staying true to yourself. You know, I've definitely had opportunities from other brands that I just, it just doesn't resonate with me. Yeah. It's just like, ah, this just doesn't make sense. Like it kind of goes away from what, why I'm doing it. So For sure. But heck yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Vlog life. Vlog life. That's the excitement of my life. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. Tell us about you, buddy. What, what's, uh, uh what's the next exciting, step for you? Dude. I went to my uh, to my girlfriend's new house today and helped receive a couch she bought. Nice. That was super exciting. Wow. How old are you? Um, 34. Ooh. Yep. Um, got a little garden. Got some white girl stuff going on. Got a garden in my backyard. I got to water every day. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I've been shooting my bow nice. quite a bit. 
been hiking, scouting, hanging some cameras, fighting mosquitoes up on the mountain, working, lifting, just nothing, nothing overly exciting, honestly. Yeah. This is kind of like, just like get through the days, stay on the ball with trying to be a predator so that when hunting season starts, there's no surprises and, uh, get, get a bunch of work done so that I can be in the field for three and a half months basically and that's kind of it man working on film permits come season you'll basically be hunting slash shooting most of the season right or is that is that yeah. is that what you're kind of lined up Lyle and i are hunting antelope in wyoming and montana in august for a little film project and then i'm gonna bow hunt mountain mule deer in montana opening week of season wow changing yep. it up i like it you'll probably be the only one up there i'm gonna be probably one of a handful of people in the entire state probably trying to do it <laughs> because they're hard to find probably the can't best time to kill that big that one, i can't say that i've found any yet but uh i'm gonna go do it regardless Sweet, if i man. find any scouting which i probably won't go scouting again so yeah uh you just how are you supposed to get good at it if you never do it and i i know that if you spent the time you could find big bucks early and definitely bow hunt them without much fear of anyone else being around yep and i got a bunch of points in wyoming probably try to draw there next year and i want to go back to colorado and do the high country deal so this is just something i've wanted to do in montana for a while and it just gets put off with elk. Yep. You don't prioritize it. So I was like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to do it this year. And then uh, I'll go to Colorado, muzzleloader elk hunt with uh, Mr. Averett. Should be fun. Probably kill something, at least one elk. You guys both hunting? Yep. Nice. With muzzleloaders. During the rut. How's that? Did if you we guys... can't kill them, I mean, we're, we'll, we're going to kill something. We're mad at them. <laughs> but we'll see if we're two elk mad at them or not. Are you guys both taking a muzzleloader or are you just taking oh, yeah. one? Dos. Dos. Dos muzzies. Maybe that'll be the name of the film. Dos muzzies. <laughs> <laughs> People like, will be confused. Like is this archery or is this, what is this? Dos muzzies. Uh, so that'll be sweet and fun. Colorado. Mm, don't know anything about the unit. Don't know what roads are open, but we'll figure it out. And then don't know where the elk are at. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Then probably work, maybe hunt Montana. Handful of days for elk with the bow. Gotta do that. Oh, yeah. See if I can, I can smash into a fat bull. Probably won't. Uh, and then go to Idaho, film an elk hunt. I have a deer tag, so I'll probably hunt a handful of days right after that hunt's done. Again, know nothing about the unit. Don't know where the deer are. Never set foot or eyes there. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like that sometimes. It's oh, nice yeah. to have a little bit of intel, but it's nice sometimes to just show up somewhere and go hunting. I did that last year in a mule deer spot. Never been there before, never even been 200 miles anywhere near there. And I was like, I'm just going to go here. Just check it out. Big wild mountain area and found a 183 inch max match set muley buck sheds. Just like, Oh, well, look at that. Big deer live here. Or Does one, he, one did or at did some he point. Migrate there? I don't know. It's a good question. He hmm. could have migrated in there, but 
You I'm going back this year, though. All right. I'm going back. Nice. I didn't see a live deer on that hunt, but I'm going back. <laughs> no, they get old when you don't see a lot of them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see a, a hunter for 10 miles. I saw some guys on horseback like 10 miles away, but they couldn't get anywhere near where I was at. So I was like, this is a good sign. This just has the right conditions to produce something old without getting shot. Yep. I'm on that train. I've been on it for a while. Just, you know, just keep grinding. Eventually, one of these days, is luckily cross paths with some old <laughs> freaking swampy buck. It's been living in the timber his whole life. Probably no one's seen him. Yep. Um, what other photo video projects you got going? This Lyle from Stone Glacier, he's got a sheep tag, right? Yep. But that's in the wilderness. So, oh. no filming on that. Chase. We're going to film a breaks sheep hunt. Cool. I won't be doing it. Mr. Calvin Connor will be. Nice. If for some reason our hunter that we're filming does not shoot a ram on the first trip, I might go with him. Oh, sweet. He's out in the breaks. Cool. So. Nice. Should be, a, I mean, at least 180 inch ram. Yeah. I think you'd be disappointed if you shot 180 inch ram. <laughs> so, that should be cool. I just set those guys up with a bunch of gear today, so they're all dialed in. He's going to be scouting, hunting. We're filming a couple other guys on some different hunts. Yeah, I think I'll be filming three projects. And then there's another. I'm doing a hunt with Kurt Roscoe, mountain mule deer, for a week. Sweet. He's got a new backpack that he's working on. Should be pretty sweet. Cool. So we'll go see if I can find Kurt a mule deer. Or myself, but Kurt, I don't think he's ever killed a mountain mule deer. Really? Big huh. sheep guy. Basically big, the same hunt. Big sheep guy. <laughs> basically just get up really high and glass a bunch. Yeah, just walk don't, around. Don't see that many animals, so yeah. he should do good at that. And then... Um, deer are harder this to see than sheep. So, sorry to all my sheep friends, but like, especially doll sure. sheep. Oh my gosh. Stone sheep can be pretty hard to see, but, well, but still, it's no. like... It's not that hard. I mean, they can be, but I just watched a stone sheep hunt on YouTube. There was like a band of 30. Yeah. How hard is it to find a band <laughs> of 30 rams? <laughs> uh, the big allure with sheep hunting, in my opinion, is it takes you to some of the wildest places. There's no other reason you would be there if it wasn't pursued. It depends on where you're at. It does, yeah. I've seen some sheep hunts that didn't look wild at all. Like they're camped down by the river and like the timber, and then they like hike like 500 vert, and they're like, on like a semi grassy oh. rocky hillside. Well, that's boring. Yeah, not like well. big mountain sheep hunting. Yeah, I've seen some. Uh, I don't know some of the like governor tags and stuff. A lot of times these sheep they'll they'll migrate to their winter range and they'll be in some lower like very prominent grassy faces just above the timber line and like really the best way to hunt them. And you could you know some of these governor tags you can hunt them pretty late and like <coughs> people will camp right below them and just walk like you say a little ways and. There he is, 180 inch stone sheep. Bang. It's like, that's boring. It's all about freaking the money, man. Yep. Uh, now these doll sheep hunts that I'm going on in Alaska should be pretty wild. We're going to the uh, the Wrangles. Mm. And uh, never been there. I've been in the Chugach a few times, but Kodiak Island a lot, but never the Wrangles. So, but. I finally went to Alaska this spring. That's right. Yeah. You photographed bear hunt with your buddy Brandon. Filmed and photographed. Filmed and photographed. Will yeah. be a film next year, next spring. Hey, hey. Be on the lookout. Is that what it's Prince called? Prince of Wales. Be on the lookout. Bears. No one's ever done it. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the first ones. It actually was really rad, though. You going to go hunt? I mean, all those, that area, not just Prince of Wales, but all the other islands and stuff are yeah. super, super cool. Um, it's just different to hunt off of a boat. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Um, Were you guys, like, cruising up on bears and stuff, and could you glass them? For we you? had, like, a, so we linked up with a couple locals that we knew just through other friends of ours um, that live there. And so Dan has a fishing boat. He does a bunch of, he's like a, I don't know if guide's the right word, but he takes a charter boat out with clients all summer up there and nice. takes some king salmon fishing. So he has his own boat that he had just bought. This was his first trip with it. And uh, we motored five or six hours, you know, out of wherever the marina was that he had his boat. And we had a skiff, you know, 16, 17-foot skiff that we drug behind it. And so we'd anchor the big boat up and then just wrap the skiff around. Nice. Go kind of inlet to inlet. And then, you know, he moved two or three times the big boat. But man i bet we saw 50 bears Jeez. <laughs> in like six days of hunting one i think our best day we probably saw 20 22 unreal it was like every cove you looked in there was a bear or two <laughs> and uh that's what you hope for in like a good year of hunting in montana i feel like <laughs> it's it's really more about the experience than it is the bear the bear's I mean, you have a good chance of shooting a seven-foot bear and a Boone and Crockett bear up there. Yeah. If that's important to you, which it's not really. It's cool to get to stock and be around bigger bears like that. Yeah. Um, The coolest part for me was just, like, the whole experience of hunting them that way. That part of the world's pretty cool. Um, And then just getting to interact with that many bears. I just like bears. Yeah. Black bears. I mean, we wouldn't do – a tenth of things that we do if they were brown bears like black <laughs> bears are so cool to like engage and get up close with and like th- there's not really a fear that they're gonna do anything to you right you know yeah. although they could it's just cool to like get close to them and understand their like mentality and like what a black bear is more because i bet I don't know how many bears I saw probably 20 or 30 bears in Montana and then 50 in Alaska. I mean, I saw like 80 bears this spring. Wow. So it's like you get to know black bears pretty quick when you like, and living in Missoula, we always would see 35 to 45 a spring, you know? So, I mean, I bet I've seen 500 black bears in my life. Yeah. So it's like, it's just cool to get to know a species that well. Cool. Cause you don't really see, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't see bears I don't think I saw a single black bear last fall. I kept hunting for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was sweet. Uh, Dan shot a really nice bear with his thirty thirty, and Brandon shot one with his bow kind of on the last day of us hunting. We were motoring back to town and spotted a bear and shot it. Um, so yeah, it's a good hunt. Cool. Cool. What's the, the video but I need about? To go, I need to go back to Alaska. I don't know. I just sorted all the footage into days and like pulled all my selects and sent all of those to Brandon because we'll probably need a little voiceover to tie some of it together. Gotcha. Just because I think sometimes in the moment of the experience, it's a little tough to like step back and 
and like articulate what it is right you know yeah and it's a little tough sometimes in certain settings to ask those questions and like get a thoughtful response yeah you know i don't want it to be like there's certain things that are cool to be like bro the way that like someone would say it and yeah. there's times you kind of want someone to like think about it so we'll see i don't know I'm trying to get as much work as i can done on it before next spring yeah because <laughs> i might have to be editing like six or seven films next year so jeez that's gonna take a while um yeah and then we'll see uh i might do late season elk in november if i still have an elk tag awesome what about you what hunts are you gonna do um well after this alaska trip i've uh, got a um, doing another anyone's hunt doing a couple of anyone's hunt video series uh, this fall first is Montana archery elk. Um, I'll basically be hunting and self-filming quite a bit of it. I'll have, I'm going to hire a few people to come out with me for a few days. Uh, but that'll be really fun. It's in my, I don't know, I love archery elk hunting as much as, if not more than anything. So I'm excited to, to film that and share that. And then. You got your bull picked out yet? There's, there's a handful I've seen that are pretty, pretty special. It would be, I would. Not say no at, but you know, yeah, it's interesting. Handful's good. Yeah, yeah handful's good. Than one. Yeah, if there's only <laughs> one and somebody else gets him or he doesn't show up, you're kind of like, geez. But uh, now I've, I've killed, I don't know, quite quite a few elk over over the years, bull elk. And I'm just at a point, like, my freezer is still so stinking full. I, I'm in, like, I don't, I mean, I, I want to kill a big bull, and I, but I, I don't necessarily just need the meat, per se. And so yeah. I don't, I don't want to just kill an elk to kill an elk. And so this year is going to be a interesting cause I, i'm gonna hold out for for something special or just something that means a lot to me in whatever way i define that so it'll be interesting there and then uh, in november my girlfriend and i um we're doing a, anyone's hunt uh a montana mule deer hunt so she's never killed a mule deer and we'll both be hunting but kind of the focus will try to try to get her a, a mule deer and capture that and Should share that tough. opportunity so yeah I, you know I've, I've got this one spot just i mean there, there's honestly there's so many great great spots in montana to go and you, you just put in the time you'll you'll turn no there's turn not up a lot, any good spots in montana no there's yeah montana sucks <laughs> don't come here but <laughs> hey we only have a 10 10 weeks of hunting season only 10 yeah it's kind of crazy no that there's so many more people coming to montana the last really i mean just this last year especially it's like some of the tags that were like 100 percent odds are now like 60 as a resident because yep. there's just so many more people applying and that's really across all the western states my buddies and i we were trying to do an anyone's hunt rifle a little antelope hunt in wyoming and as a group we had like five points going in and last year it was like two points to draw and we didn't draw it this year and there mm -hmm. was so many more people that applied that basically we needed seven points as a group to get that tag this year it was just insane so we were like fully banking on that because it was like we thought it was going to be a given. There was just so many more people applying that really, really decreased the odds. So when are you going to hunt deer in Colorado? Um, I don't know. Maybe next year. You got points going? Yeah, I've got I think five points now. So. Oh yeah. Actually, I, you know, I've applied. I applied last year and the year prior, and based off of the previous year's draw odds, I had a hundred percent chance of drawing, and I didn't draw. It's just like unreal. So. Wow. Yeah. Rifle. Yeah, rifle. So, but actually next year we might, we're looking at maybe doing a earlier season, like archery down there. Yeah, you should. For deer, so. High country mealy hunting in Colorado is dope. Yeah. Really? Well, it the probably wouldn't be high country though, would it? 
Yeah, I think it would. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We've got a few areas kind of figured out that just have the numbers. Nice. I mean, coming from Montana, I, I mean, the biggest buck I've ever killed is like, like 168. And like, if I saw a 160 buck in Colorado with my bow, I would be tickled pink to chase that thing. Oh, so. you'll be chasing bucks all day then. Yeah. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've on a five-year vendetta against a mule deer in Arizona. Yeah, I know. Well, so. you know, I mean, you're on a vendetta against mule deer like me in general. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to find. I was going to say, it almost <laughs> didn't sound like you were hunting mule deer in Montana this year. I was going to say, what the heck? <laughs> well, I keep shooting these stinking whitetails because they're just, yeah, this past season was pretty funny because I, I spent like three really solid days chasing muleys. You just need to stay out of there. Out of that zone? Yeah. What do you mean? Just don't go hunt it. <laughs> then you won't shoot a whitetail. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. You well, get fed up with the other spots, and then you go there, and then you see one you want to shoot. I'm like, oh, there's a whitetail. Yeah. Yeah, this year or this last season, I hiked 23 miles looking for a muley on, on the third day of my hunt. And then the very next day, I was just like, or, or that night, I drove and left. And then the next morning, I walked 400 yards and shot like my best whitetail today. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. But they are where you find them that's and for sure there's certain whitetails you just can't pass them up yeah i know that's why i'm saying you gotta avoid <laughs> going in there just don't even go <laughs> just don't go and you say i can't yeah. go until i shoot a muley how do you know those whitetails wouldn't be just giants i know i know you know my whitetail was really interesting this year somebody hit and maybe we I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast because this was i don't remember it yet a while ago anyway um so I, I shoot him and I walk up to him and his body is just tiny, but he's got a really cool, wild, funky frame and points all over. And, um, then I look at his feet and like his feet are like a smidgen bigger than a fawn's feet, Whoa. like little tiny little hooves. Like, I, I swear, like if you were to put a, make a hoof print, it would be like the size of like a half dollar, like, like the, you know, the coin. Yeah. It was so strange. I was like, what on earth? And then my, uh, I messaged my dad and he, he came up and helped me just, um, cause, cause again, I had only walked 400 yards, so I wasn't that <laughs> far from civilization. Um, he came up and helped me process him and he's like, man, that buck is little. And I was kind of offended cause it was a pretty great <laughs> buck, but, and he was just talking about his body and his feet. And so, so anyway, we, we cut him open and I pulled the back straps out first. And right when I unzipped him off on the back, just to pull his hide off, I like, pull up pull some of his hide back and there's like spiders crawled out spiders crawled out yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah metal spiders you know so he had like size i call them bbs but they're not actually people bbs they're, they're it was probably like size six or maybe even four like sh like shot out yeah, of yeah. a like shotgun just like he that poor buck got peppered and so i like pull his skin back and he's like all underneath his skin and there's probably six or eight bbs just just across the top of his back strap i was like holy crap and then I started cutting, um, cutting the meat out and like buried in the back strap, buried in the hind quarter, like all over that poor thing's entire body. He was just littered with, with shot. And I don't know when it happened. He wasn't bruised. It, it, whatever, whenever it happened, it, it had been in there for a long time. And it was really strange because we weren't near any egg fields. There was no like private ranches up there that, you know, would have, would have a reason to try to deter deer i think somebody just shot him Crazy. a couple years ago or last year even and just because he was a it sounds cool like buck more than one shot yeah i There's think he just got in there 
blasted. Anyway, it was pretty wild. And I, um, but again, Oliver's whole body, and it was kind of a shame because you know you we got a lot of great meat off that buck, and actually not that much because he was so, so little. But, <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it still could have been great meat, just not a lot. Yeah, no, it, it's great meat, but it's like you got to cut the thing so stinking thin. You make these little like eighth inch slices because you're looking for for shot in there and it's just like ah kind of cringe another good reason to stay out of that zone man yeah yeah just avoid bird hunting too you don't want to you don't want to chomp on a bb but Mm -mm. (laughs) anyway it was it was pretty interesting and i i wonder if that's why he formed such a unique rack is because he got because he got shot and it messed up his growth no idea uh no but i had some guys that work for what is it quality deer management or whatever that I sent them some pictures and they're like, yeah, we can usually tell pretty quick. And they said like between four and five. So not that old. I mean, not, not, not young. How but do they know? How can they tell? I don't know. By the wear marks and stuff and the size of the molars. I, I don't know. Not a, but you ever sent teeth to old Matson's laboratory? Yeah. A couple of them. Yeah. My, my last white tail, I, I sent it in and they aged it at eight years old, which is mm-hmm. pretty insane. But the same guys on Instagram that worked for, QDMA, I, I sent them photos of that deer, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's eight. And then mm-hmm. I paid 70 bucks to have Matson's do it, and eight. It's like, oh, I you got to get more animal teeth. Yeah. Well, I, I had an elk down, too, and it was. I already I started enveloping teeth. Have you? Yep, I want to know how old the bear is that I killed this year. Oh, yeah. Did you, you send them in yet? No. Or, no, you get a deal if you send in, like. Yeah. Yeah. I got. That's why I got the envelopes going I out see. there. Got them labeled. Got the teeth in there. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna age everything I shoot this year. Cool. You just gotta remember what teeth to pull so that when you're out in the field, just yeah, because it's harder when their head's frozen. Well, yeah. a bear, you'd freeze the head. Deer, no, he wouldn't. But yeah, you gotta go off the bottom draw. Mm. Oh yeah, you Usually really you leave that in the yeah, field. Leave that. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta, you gotta be thinking. <laughs> um, you still living where you live? Still living where I live. I haven't bought a different house property. No, it's kind of interesting. Bozeman has, like, just grown so much, and the property values have increased substantially. I, You got your house, what, a, a year and a bit ago? I can't. It's yeah. probably worth quite a bit more now. But the problem is, is everything has is, is gotten so expensive that even if we were to sell our houses, we probably couldn't afford anything else in town because it's like, okay. It's like, okay, say, no. say you sell your house for 500000 and then it's like, okay, well, anything remotely close to my house is now worth, I mean, it's like worth, like, 550 or 600 and it's just like well you, you can't even you can't afford to sell unless you're willing to move like way out yeah. but that's generally anything what outside seeing. of town or house any kind of little bit of lands like in the millions yeah so there's no sense in me selling my house <laughs> i know that's the dream property i'm like i want to live on like a little if, if it was one acre that'd be great but like five acres more more great i just i want to I be able to shoot my bow out to 100 yards that, that's that's my dream place. <clears throat> my dream place, you can lay on the pat, you can walk out onto the patio outside the kitchen, shoot your bow as far as you want, and I have steel targets out to a, a grand. Whoa. Oh, there you go. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. And I have a shop. So basically, you just want to move next to the shooting range. That's no, what you're saying. I just want property. Ah. Or a neighbor that lets me shoot bullets onto their land. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which they probably would. They probably would. I bet you did. I'm accurate. Got a suppressor. You probably won't even know I'm shooting. <laughs> I might shoot it through my sliding glass door. You probably won't even hear it. Don't even tell them you'll that you've got steel hear, targets You'll just out there. hear the steel clang once yeah. in the morning at about 8 a.m. Bang. 
Oh, Zach's up over there shooting his gun. Must be drinking coffee or something. Wake up time. Maybe I'll uh, head over there at 10. See what he's up to in the shop today. <laughs> Dude, my neighbor across the street, he's always tinkering in his garage, man. I watched him the other day because right out my bedroom window, you can, like, see. It's, like, my backyard, the street, and then it, like, looks straight into the neighbor's, like, driveway garage. Dude, I watched him. I swear he was walking around the garage just to be walking around the garage. Like, I couldn't determine that he was doing anything, but he kept walking around the garage like he was doing something. I don't know, man. All I know is I think it'll be interesting when I'm 60 and hanging out in my garage. You probably do some weird stuff. You just walk around, look for things to do. Yeah. Tinkering, dude. Just tinkering. That's why I need a shop. I, I like and it. And a welder. Chainsaws. Chainsaws. Dude, electric chainsaws are the way to go. Why do you say that? They don't have much power, but like, Gosh, they're so light. They're not loud. They're easy to start. I like the loudness of the chainsaw. Well, you also weigh like Nothing 100, 100 more pounds than I do. better than so. freaking hearing a saw ripping. I agree. I agree. But Even when you're hunting, I, don't, I can't get mad at a <laughs> chainsaw going. I don't think it spooks animals either. Yeah. They're like, oh, someone's cutting wood, whatever. Yeah. Daryl down there cutting another cord. There's Daryl. What, uh, what, what, Sony? You still shooting Sony nowadays? Yeah, still shooting. I've got the Sony A7R3. I've got two of those. Then I've got an A7S3. A7S3 crushes it on video. And my the issue is it's just, it's not like, basically just doesn't have super high megapixels for photos. And I, Sony does have a new camera called the A1. It's kind of the best of everything. It's like epic video, epic photo, and doesn't have a flip screen, which drives me freaking nuts but um <laughs> it's also like five thousand dollars so it's like yeah but uh no i think this season i'm just gonna stick with the I, I do have a lot of video deliverables with most of the projects that i'm shooting so i'm gonna probably be rocking the a7 r3 and the a7s3 on on everything and honestly i mean i, I you can take a rad photo with any, both those cameras like no problem again it's just some of the, the smaller megapixels can affect smaller megapixels I'll it, say that yeah, small they, work, megapixels. they work for printing. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. I got shots in the SG catalog, shot on the A7S three. Well, you probably made the catalog. You're like, I'm going to pick my photo for this. Lyle picked them. Oh, okay. You know a guy, though. I only help pick cover <laughs> photos, and if there's any photos I don't like for product stuff, I'll tell Lyle, hey, I think this one would work better. And then he's either like, yep, you're right, or like, nope. But I try to like – try to let, let Lyle kind of live in his own world and do his thing. Sweet. Just like when I'm making videos, he kind of just lets me do my own thing, you know? Yeah, I like it. I don't really care about whose photo goes and what. Like yep. when you first start out, you're like, oh, man, I want my photo in there, dude. I, I mean, if the Stone Glacier catalog was badass and none of my photos were in there, I'd be stoked. Yeah, cool. Um, it just happens that I shoot a lot of photos. Yeah. <laughs> my, job, my job's content, so it's weird. <laughs> weird that some of mine would show up in there, but. What camera are you primarily rocking this year? Uh, I own a 7S III, which is a dope camera. And we just bought an A1 for work stuff. Mm -hmm. Dirty dog. Mm -hmm. Nice. Why? Yeah. Why? Uh, I rented it beforehand to make sure it was like worth the, the investment yeah from 
uh, the perspective of doing what I do for work, of always having to shoot stills and video. Yeah. Uh, just the ability to have a little bit of crop ability on yeah. some photos is, is worth it. Yeah. If they sent us three, if you could zoom in even like 25 to 50% and it's still, I mean, you still can, but it's just not. It's amazing. You, you crop in just a little bit and it's like instantly noticeable. I mean, it's fine. It's, it's probably not noticeable to anyone other than right. us on our yeah. computers. Yeah. Yeah. If it was a smaller in print or whatever, when you're looking at a 27 inch display, it's kind of like, Oh, that looks terrible. But from like the brand standpoint of like what I do at stone glacier, like it's worth, like we needed to upgrade our camera anyways there. Yeah. Uh, so it was just worth it. Cool. To shoot on the a one. Cool. The only thing about that camera that drives me nuts, and I said this before, it doesn't have a flip screen. And it's not necessarily for vlogging, it's but just, just from like a photography side of things. R3, though. Yeah, it is. But it's like, it's so hard to get, like, if you want to get low and get a cool low angle, or if you want to hold the camera way up high and get a high angle, you're just, you're kind of just spraying and praying. You can't frame it up at all because you can't see the screen. But with the flip screen, you could, like, <laughs> angle it either straight down or straight up to get those, those sick angles. It's all about the angles, dude. <laughs> I'm undecided on which one I like better. Out of what? When I shoot on the A7S three screen, I want the other version. Oh, really? And when I'm on like the, the just tilt yeah. screen, I want the flip out. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I like just being able to flip it out and not have because to like rotate it. When the A7S three, when you f slap it back in, there's no tilt up. Right. Like you can't like hold it down, which like the steadiest spot is kind of below eye level. Yeah, yeah. Like almost belly button, just above. It's kind of hard to like really see what's yeah, going on down yeah. there sometimes. Or yeah. if you can tilt it up, that's nice. It's true. You know, where you can just be like this. Can't do that. I got yeah. And then my posture's all freaking gremlined out. <laughs> valid <laughs> or point. you know what? I'm not holding the camera, but my posture's just cranked. <laughs> <laughs> so. Gremlined out. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's valid. Well, geez, now I'm going to Alaska in a week, and I'm starting to wish I had the A1, but whatever. You probably can't even get one. They're probably still back ordered. Probably. I haven't even looked into it really. So I watched one YouTube video and I was like, ah, oh, geez. You don't need it. Yeah. It's nice, but you don't need it. I feel like I need it though. You do? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what makes you think that you need it? Because this is a common dilemma for people out there. What camera do I get? Yeah. How do you decide? I mean, yeah, the only, well, it's just like you say, the crop, abil crop, ab crop ability or lack thereof is kind of interesting. I just, when I've shot with my A7S3, I'm sorry, the, um, the crop ability of the A7S3 is just pretty limited. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've shot a lot of photos and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like zoom in or, you know, so maybe, maybe you'll intentionally shoot something wide so you have room to crop and do stuff with and like you can't, yeah. like you basically can't. Or I, I feel like I can't, and I, I have a hard time wanting to send some of those images to brands, especially if they want, like, the big full res. It's like, sorry, this is thing's only, like, 3,000 pixels wide or whatever. So. so nice when you transfer photos off the A7S three. That's like... <laughs> oh, yeah, my memory cards. Well, unless I'm shooting 4K slow-mo, but, like, yeah, I can get, like... <laughs> I, I don't even know. 10,000 photos off of one car. I have no idea, but... yeah. That that part is really nice. Something there's, to say about that. There's something to you say eat about up that. cards quick on the A1 and hard drives. Yeah. Added cost right there. Totally. Oh yeah. Yeah. You get you get higher megapixels or 
4K, whatever, it's like, all right, well, quadruple the amount of hard drive and SD card space. So, but when your job is to deliver the highest quality product, I think you want the highest quality camera. You just were telling me iPhones. Well, <laughs> no, I know. And that's, but that, that's kind of, that's an interesting thing. Cause it's like a lot of these brands are like, Hey, we want these cool in the moment, like badass, just like clips. But what if you shot them on an A1 vertical? Well, mic? yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, no, I agree. You know. Yeah. I know when you and I were out a couple of years ago on the mule deer hunt, you were filming a bunch of stuff and you would, you would just flip it vertically with your, I was working Sony hard on that shoot. Whatever you were doing. Yeah. They never use a single thing. Yeah, no, it was kind of strange. They must not like my face. Must be it. I don't know if that was it. I think. I think there were a, a handful of options of why why that was. Yeah. I didn't really care. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's all good. We gotta got to go hunting. It's I great. got paid and we went hunting. Yeah. Saw bucks. Saw bucks. Bucks that you didn't want to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never sure live that why. day. <laughs> I was Not looking for that sure big one. Why. I knew there was a big white tail just around the corner. No, you like, didn't. Yeah. You didn't even shoot a deer that year. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I? No. Uh, did you? I don't remember. No, I must not have. I don't think you did. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Gee dang it. You were, no, I didn't shoot You were trophy hunting hard. I was trophy. No, I just wanted a big old four point. And that was a big three point with some kickers and weird big, stuff. You probably would never shoot a bigger three point in the state. <laughs> probably would With age, mass. The worst part is that, that like the next morning, so we'd seen this buck like twice or something. And then like, I was like, no, nope, don't want to go after him. And then the next morning, like right at first light, right where that buck was, bang, bang. And. Zach, he was like, I don't know, you said something. Something along the lines like, he gone. <laughs> yeah, if that buck died the next day right by the trailhead at like one mile from the truck by some schmo. Yeah. It would. He had a steep hill to climb. I'll give him that. Maybe. That was a big hill. Oh, well, maybe not. Deer could have fed down. Maybe. How do you know he wasn't crossing? It's true. Maybe he was slow migrating. Slow migrating. Yeah, it's true. Could have happened. That's another name of a film. Slow migrating. Slow migration. And it's a big old buck that you just catch on a migration path, but he's walking real slow. Were <laughs> <laughs> you ever going to bow hunt deer? Um, Why not? Well, I mean, I do in Arizona every year, but Montana, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard because you get, you know, Montana, our, our rut Think is about during it. the you rifle could, season. You, you could bow hunt during the rut. You'd be able to bow hunt a lot of 160s. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, it's funny, last year, two days before opener of archery deer and elk season, I'm, I, whatever, I was I was definitely after elk. I'm always after elk. But two days before season, I saw probably the biggest buck I've ever seen in Montana. And this thing was, he was a three by four. But he had the frame of like a 180, 190. I don't know, that thing was huge. You could Photoshop in a fourth point, man. You could, you could. But yeah, I was like, <laughs> man, like guarantee no one's going to be out here, but I just, I couldn't do it to myself. I was like, I know of too many big bulls. Can't do it. And had a real slow first day of elk <laughs> in the elk woods. And I was like, I wasn't kicking myself because I was, was like. last year? Yeah, I was like, I made a conscious decision not to like go after that deer, but I, still I'm just like, oh man. How big was he? What did he score on the hoof? I don't know. I, I was putting him at like 180 for sure. Yeah. I had a few sure. friends out there that saw him too, and they're like, dude, that thing's huge. You should have went for him. Should have went for him. 
he was all bachelored up and these things were totally carefree bedding bedding in some of the not safe spots for them to be ambushed from above like whew, had a good little easterly wind out in the prairie and the elk weren't going anywhere yeah i know but you just never know they're just hanging out doing elk things yeah it's fine i didn't kill my elk until the last 28th day of season, <laughs> it was my last day of hunting that i had before i had to go off and do another film project so it was yeah worked out but it's, nah, it's kind of funny you spend so much time just like kind of beating a dead horse and then all of a sudden it's just like on and that that part for me generally happens in either late september or early october with elk and then it's like yeah if you're really trying to maximize time you'd go do something else those first two weeks Opening day can be pretty exciting in certain spots, but then after that, it's like you got a 10-day lull, I feel like. Not not always, but generally, that's been kind of a pattern for, for me. But Yeah. I feel like we talk about hunting a lot on this podcast because we like to hunt a lot. It's true. I'm yeah. sure there's people that probably listen to it, and they're like, come on, dude. I just want you to talk about photography. <laughs> Tell us about cameras. Help us with photography. <laughs> I'd say that. Become a good well, hunter. Hey. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts out there. We've recorded a decent number of them. There's a lot of good info in there. And, of course, great info. Now, disclaimer, Bianca's badass regardless, but she is a student of the hunting photographer. She just got a landed cover shot, sick catalog, gangster. Yeah, Bianca Germain. Go check her out. Super cool. We're not saying that we're going to teach you how to use a camera really well, but we're going to help you make the right relationships to get the jobs, to land the photos, to make the money. And get all them covers. (laughs) Huntingphotographer.com. But seriously, um, if you're wanting to work in the industry, we've said it before, and you want to cut that learning curve down, our class does it. Yep. Yeah, so much of this is focused on networking and building relationships and just how to do that and where to spend your time. And um, I think, yeah, Zach and I, have, that's really what we teach and what we try to drive home as best we can. So, And for those of you that don't know, I'm the content director at Stone Glacier. So there are some sponsorship opportunities that allow fields before they ever make it to me because people just email him. But I get a lot of them. And let's just say that a lot of people still don't know the basic concepts of how to approach a brand. And unless you somehow like, you know, like catch yourself from those initial stumbles real quick somehow on your own, like it's probably a year or two before I'd actually consider working with that person again. Yeah. Because I just immediately recognize your experience level as a professional photographer content person whatever it is and like we just have a certain expectation where it's like you can pretty much jump a lot of that curve by doing a lot of things one's just going and doing it which takes time or you take our class which we teach you a lot of those things and then you can call drake or myself and ask us questions before you go approach brands which is worth the money right there in our opinion but um yeah if you're thinking about being a hunting photographer, you like photography, you want to do it, you want to go on sweet trips, you want to make dough. <laughs> All your friends are going to think you're super cool, even though you're never around. Um, you're the coolest friend that's never around. Right now, 
is a pretty good time to take the course because you're already behind the curve. You're probably not going to land any gigs this fall. Good time to learn the ropes, go out there, shoot photos of people doing rad stuff. The course is going to help you tell you what you need to shoot to approach whatever brands you want to work for. And then, well, bam, end of December, mid-December rolls around. You've went through the course, you shot a bunch of photos, you got a dope little portfolio. You know how to approach people. Wham, wham, wham. I just sent out 20 emails this week. Five of them come through. I got projects lined up. Slap, slap, slap. Cha-ching. <laughs> now you're pretty much a hunting photographer, which could translate to anything. Maybe you like skiing. Maybe you like climbing. Maybe you like skateboarding. Maybe you want to do architecture. Maybe you want to shoot food, trucks, bicycles, unicycles, anything. You literally can take any of those skills and translate it to any other industry. So, just saying, we probably should put this at the front of the podcast. Yeah, we probably should. Know, like, yeah. well, <laughs> listenership might have fallen off <laughs> by now, but <laughs> I think we also do this out of courtesy because not everyone wants to take sign up for the course. They just want to come get some free tidbits. Yeah. Some intel. And we do share a lot on the podcast. And this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg with what we dive into. I so. mean, if you follow Drake on Instagram, you don't know crap about what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get to see some trail camera clips and the vlogs are coming, baby. <laughs> <laughs> One a week. One a week. You listen to the podcast, you at least get a couple little tidbits of what's going on in Drake's world. Oh, both of us. Yeah, you get a really great inside or behind the scenes yeah. look into what's going on. I don't on, do a so. lot on the socials anymore. I really want to delete my social media account. Why is that? I just don't like it. Don't like your own or don't like social media? Well, I just don't like being on Instagram. You just feel like it sucks you in too much? Mm, definitely been sucking me in. Not in a, not like I get on there all the time, but I'm on there longer than I want to be when I yeah. get on there, which really, really frustrates me. Because I like to be efficient with my time. Yeah. I'll literally, it'll even be like today at work. Guy messages me. Okay. You maybe want to work with us. I'm going to go immediately. Do you have an Instagram page? So I'm like looking at my computer. All right. Here's the dude's name. I'm going to get on Instagram. So I open the app. Whatever the hell pops up. Maybe it's a message. Maybe somebody commented on something. Maybe there's just a cool post right there. I might be five minutes in and be like, what the hell? Why am I on Instagram? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to look up this one thing. Yeah. And it's like I just killed five minutes. <sighs> Two hours or 20 it minutes, whatever. makes me grumpy. Yeah, that's, the, that's a, the negative power of social media. It's kind of shocking how that affects a large percentage of people. And then it. the current state of our country, I think I could literally start just a, a – Zach's talking head Instagram page. Cause there are so many things. If I want to get political that I could repost, talk about, discuss, create content around share, which I don't really feel like doing all the time today. I made a post on my story. I saw Mask that. mandates. Yeah. Mr. Biden says you need to put them back on. <laughs> we don't get down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but I could easily go there every day, which is another reason I don't like getting on Instagram, to be honest. It's yeah. good to be aware, but it's too much. Yeah, it aggravates you. You see all the things. <sighs> People are sheep, and that makes me grumpy. 
I mean, we're all sheep in some regard. People are like real sheep. Yeah. What aggravates you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what aggravates me? Just one thing. It doesn't have to be about social media. It could be how people drive. It could be a food. It's when you're on the chairlift with somebody, with a good friend, or when I was young with like a girl you liked, and then there was some one of your buddies was either in front of you or behind you, and they're chatting up this person that you're next to. It was usually a girl, <laughs> and it would just drive me nuts. I was so excited that I could sit next to whoever on the chairlift. <laughs> And then and my the buddy in front in of me or behind <laughs> you is just like yelling, like screaming at this girl, and she's talking with him the whole time. God, that drove mm. me nuts. That was like my biggest pet peeve growing up because I grew up skiing a ton, and I was just, it always happened. It's like I should have just, I don't know. That's a good one. That's a unique one. But yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, stuck with me. I need to buy some skis. <laughs> you want some? I've got like nine no, in my house. Well, I want to buy some skis that I can skin on well um, you know yeah I've got one but they're, they're not for sale dang it yeah <sighs> I have some ideas I'll just put it that way revolving around hunting I have some ideas uh. involves high level physical exertion multiple days in shitty conditions so again with skis yep I mean I in 2010, I shot a bull on my skis. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a bull. But in Mon- at least in Montana, there really isn't a hunt that I'm aware of that skis actually make sense. The only time I've ever used skis that they've made sense for me, anyway, has been these winter mountain goat hunts in like February and eight feet of snow in BC. Well, if I didn't want to give up my idea, I'd tell you what it is. I can't wait to be proven otherwise. So. It might not happen, though. <laughs> and if it doesn't, if I decide I don't want to do <laughs> well, it. Well, global warming's happening, so you won't have any more snow. That's okay. It. I don't need powder. I just need enough snow to skin across no. it. <laughs> It'd be more about the adventure, but I think there'd be wolves around, along the way. Oh, wolves. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd probably take a lot of days. Yeah. I wonder how gnarly it would be. Not, this isn't my idea, but I wonder how gnarly it would be to like skin across east to west than Bazorica Beartooths. Probably a lot of vertical. A lot up and down. Yep. Probably get some sick powder skiing. Probably die in an avalanche. Probably die in an avalanche for sure. Yeah. Probably see some mountain goats. Probably see some mountain goats, yeah. <laughs> Probably wouldn't see any wolves. Yeah. Hmm. How's the fishing? Your girlfriend's a fishing guide. She is, yeah. She's a fishing guide. She roping them? They're doing surprisingly well. It's an interesting year because the waters are, well, as you said in the beginning of this podcast, Montana's still thinking hot right now. and uh, Water levels are down. Temps are up. Some of the river sections they fish don't have, like, a hoot owl restriction, but they're temping the water, and it's, like, by 11 in the morning. It's, like, at the limit that you need to stop. Yeah. And even some of the fish they're catching in the morning are sluggish. And so they're, they're definitely being pretty cognizant of that and kind of trying to tone her back a little bit. But Shit. but they're still doing pretty good. So When's the last time you went fishing? Um, I'm actually going fishing uh, tomorrow and the next day. Buzzing down to Wyoming for two days with, with the girlfriend for one last little hurrah before say, I... I feel like she has to have gotten you picking up the fly rod a little bit more yeah. than you used to. No, yeah, we, we went and fished uh, Cool Section River, gosh, six weeks ago now, but... Uh, Oh, we fished in Maine quite a bit. Went out there with with her this spring, and 
Yeah, yeah, she gets me fishing quite a bit. So nice. We do all the things together. We fish, we hunt, we shed hunt. We selling some flower rods, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I still got my old handy eight weight. Perfect. If you want it, Orvis Helios three seven or six weight, hit me up. Slanging them, <laughs> selling them. This podcast great. has everything. I just don't need them all, and I like the H twos better. There you go. But I mean, <laughs> I'll sign it. If that adds to the value, it's not. Probably would decrease the value. But I do have a silver Sharpie. Make it look cool. Yeah. Put some art on it for free. Just sign it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably not even my own name. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of signing things, it's it's very interesting. I, I've had... Been signing some autographs? No, thank God, no. <laughs> I, I'm so weird about that. I, I've been asked once, and I, I politely told the kid, I was like, hey, man, like... I'm no different. I'm than not you. cool. I'm not. Don't want my autograph. I'm like, I, I just felt too weird about it. I just couldn't do it. And I, whatever, he, he was understanding. But um, I've had people offer me like more money than what my, some of my camera gear was worth when I bought it if I would sign it. And they want, they just like, I really want your camera to use on my hunting trip, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, no offense, dude, but like the places that, myself and zach and a lot of these people we take our cameras and the conditions we use them in like i probably wouldn't want to buy my lens or my camera or whatever like and like why why the heck would you want my autograph i don't think you get you know pay 400 dollars more i mean it's a great business deal for me but it's just like that's kind of insane like don't do that. i would sign it for sure i <laughs> <laughs> just like that's one of those things i just can't do it but i'll sign it for you I'll take the extra money. <laughs> <laughs> then you don't have to feel weird about Business it. Business partner, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, I feel like any of the gear that I've sold, it's, yeah, it's well used, but still works. Yeah, I've had mo- most of my stuff's held up really well. I've, I've had two lenses go out on me. Um, I had a 7200 a few years ago. I took it to New Zealand and Australia for a month. It did amazing. And then right when I got back, all the photos from that whole trip were tack sharp. And then when I got back, I was just shooting a few photos and I was like, these look soft. Like, like looking at the display on the back, they look soft. And I was like, that's weird. And so I pulled them up in Lightroom and they like, everything was soft. And it wasn't that it was out of focus. It was just the image was soft. You just crank the sharpening over to like a hundred. Well, right. Sharpening and do the dehaze tool. Oh my gosh. That's just like, you drag that over to like hundred and it's just like makes everything look epic. You can shoot it overexposed and out of focus. And it just <laughs> comes back. Yeah, the, the power of editing. Um, but yeah, I, I had that lens went bad on me, and I, I sent it in, and they repaired it. But it's it's it was very subtle, but it was enough to be like these are unusable photos for print and stuff. Um, and then I had just recently a sixteen to thirty five that I've used a ton and put it through through hell. And um, I was testing it the other day. I well, so I I shot with it on a Can Am shoot, and we were photographing filming the the hushin crew down in utah and i was getting kind of down and dirty in the mud and just like we were blazing through the mud and like camera got completely covered but everything was tack sharp and then when i got back i was taking a few test shots well just shed hunting and i was like these look soft same deal pulled up in lightroom everything's soft and then i tested it at all the different different focal lengths and apertures and the whole thing it's just like it's got this like soft layer over the the whole photo and it's just like oh my god so, so yeah tilt focus yeah yeah exactly so <laughs> so anyway favorite lens that's not a zoom oh the old 50 mil f1.8 next favorite you don't like that one 
I mean, I don't have a 50 right now. Oh. Um, and I don't have a 50 that I use at work either. Zero 50s. Zero 50s. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy, yeah. Um, the one I use a lot is the for vlogging primarily, I've been starting to shoot a lot of photos with it too, but it's not quite wide enough, um, is the 18 mil Zeiss Betis F2.8 lens. Not wide enough. Um, yeah. For what? For, for vlogging, it's great. But for photos, I just, <coughs> I can't quite get high enough on some of these mountain hmm. vistas and shit. And like, yeah, I've got to get further back. Well, yeah, but when you <laughs> got a vertical mountain behind you, you can't quite do it and so, yeah I've, I've been struggling with that one just just a little bit on the photo side just. so it's not your favorite it's not it's, your second favorite well it might be my second favorite because it's like a bomb it's super light and little and it's very sharp and just produces great results and again it's little so it's, it's an amazing vlog thing but no the next one would probably be the i've got a zeiss betas 85 mil f 1.8 yep. it's basically get the same lens compression as you would with a 70 to 200 but in a much smaller, tighter package. So, dank. Yeah, yeah, that's probably my next my next fave. So, what about you? When are you gonna start doing uh, lens reviews? <laughs> you know the problem, and we were talking about this pre podcast. It's like there's, you can like with vlogs or photos or anything. I mean, you know the the hunting media space, for example. There's there's so many followers, and I mean there's a lot of people that are kind of leading the industry, and there's just so many people that just follow that exact example, and they just do more of that. And some of it's really boring, but they just keep repeating it because it, it kind of does well on YouTube and stuff. But it's not that creative, and so like me doing lens reviews, unless it was very niche to what I'm doing. Which like that would be unique, but but it's just not that creative. I don't get a whole lot of joy out of that. Other than people ask me to death which lenses I use and cameras, and part of me just wants to do ones because it would probably alleviate some questions. But um, yeah, I struggle with some of this content that already exists in other places from other people because I'm just like, there's a hundred videos on. You know, it would be different. What if you did couch reviews? Couch reviews. Nobody in the hunting space is doing it. <laughs> <laughs> everybody needs a good couch everybody to needs a good view couch. instagram on yeah do e-scouting on it there you go which couch do you that would be a parody and a half you're an ideas guy you go around to all the furniture stores in bozeman to find the best couch <laughs> for the modern hunter <laughs> that sounds like something meteor would do that does yeah it'd be pretty funny though i want to do when's meteor gonna hire you bro when are they gonna buy you out oh Suck, absorb you absorb me <laughs> yeah probably never i don't know i'm uh I'm a sick of guy. I just they've been I've been with them for so long and don't really want to change it up. So she get a tattoo. She get it. She get. <laughs> yeah. When are you gonna photograph Barklow on a hunt? The interesting thing with Barklow and um, what's how do I say this? Like, <laughs> he doesn't really want to be in front of the camera. He was. Well, he was, but but because he was so okay. Also, so, staged, hard. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we so so Sika came out with the 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 their sleeping bag, their Aerolite sleeping bag, which is super rad. And they they went and did uh or created this this cool video with with John Barklow, who's like the head big game product designer. He was kind of he was the one that brought that thing to fruition, and so it made perfect sense to, to like have him as kind of the highlight person behind that um that product and um. But outside of that, like, 
he kind of wants to, he's like, man, like if there's an opportunity, if it really makes a lot of sense to have me in there, like I'll, you know, be the one to have photos taken of me and content created around it. But outside of that, he's like, I just want to go hunt. And like, I, I appreciate that a lot for sure. But part of me is like, God, John's such a cool guy. And it's like, I really want to, you know, he's just a badass and it'd be fun. But if you could photograph one person, who would it be on a hunt? Ooh. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a person, but it's just kind of like their demeanor. It's like someone that's very Brett Sang. Like when you first said asked that, I would like Brett Sang, and like the, the reasons behind that is because he's like he's such an emotional character. He's a character. He's just he's got so many highs and lows, and and he's just kind of a wild man, which makes him really fun to photograph. And he's just got a lot of energy. And and then when he sad bad things happen, he's he just like hits the bottoms of bottoms. But it's a really fun thing to photograph. Um, kind of stresses you out a little bit at the same time, but, <laughs> but like, yeah, Brett or, or someone like Brett, that's got a lot of enthusiasm is just like stoked on life and stoked to be out there. And, um, and that, that really shows up in, in your, when you shoot photos. Also, he, he knows that I'm there. Like he's a professional photographer. I spent a lot of time in that world. So he knows what you're trying to shoot. And so when you have two photographers working together, like you can really bang out some cool stuff like i've had so many hunts or just or photo of things that i'm like i'm shooting someone and then all of a sudden they just like we're just like hanging around camp and they just turn around and look the other way i'm like never has there ever been a good camp scene photo where there's one person in it and they're looking the other way it's like you gotta you gotta turn to the camera i gotta see your face not not always but like when you know there's like there's kind of a banger setup or or like you're on the campfire and you can just see someone's light then they turn around you're like dude what are you doing? And you know. That's where you're like, bro, you hold the camera up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sit, me photo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. It's tough with uh, people that don't know the program. Yeah. Just got to yell at them more. Yeah, you really do. You got to direct a little bit. And just, just tell people like, hey, like. You got to show them the dankies on the back screen too. You'd be like, yo, check this out. Yeah. Like, damn. And yeah. then I get it. And then, like, next time you tell them to do something, like, sure. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Totally, yeah. Tech tip. Tech tip. That's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> you going to grow the hair out or what? Oh, the hair was growing out quite long. And, and Karen. turned her back. She she cut it actually a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. She, she's been, she's cut my hair the last five times. What's the ideal length that she likes? She likes it long. Mm-hmm. I like it long, too. Actually, I like this length, though. It's, it's a lot shorter and it's a lot cooler. We got some like ninety to hundred degree days in Montana the last week, and whew, I can just work so much harder when I'm outside with shorter hair. Just you know, let's let's there. Imagine if it was all gone. I know. I'm I live know. in my world. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just wear more beanies in the fall. Exactly. Yeah. I feel wow. like I look like I'm twelve though. The shorter my hair gets, the younger I look, and there's there'll be a point in my life where I won't actually look younger than i am but i'm not at that point i still want to look older so. gotcha. how old are you 32 i'm probably nearing that point no you got like 12 more years i bet yeah 10 yeah, yeah. hopefully i mean now though i don't really care what age i look i'm pretty content with pretty content with who i am what bow are you shooting <laughs> uh i've got the matthews uh, uh v3 got the new the new the new one though coming down the pipe here pretty soon nice so it'll probably arrive of course when i'm in alaska so i told derek don't send me a new one really he's like why dude i was like bro 
I don't want a boat showing up a day before I need to go hunting. <laughs> I was like, I like my Traverse. I went back old school. I'm shooting the Traverse, dude. Shooting great. <laughs> he texted me today. He's like, tell me the exact specs of the or of the arrow and release and stuff you're shooting. They're gonna they're gonna do some little well, bit of tuning back at the shop. Mark's so. gonna get her freaking tuned up for you. Hopefully, yeah. I, I wonder on the, some of these new bows these days, like what the or right not sorry the bows with the string stretch, like if it even exists, any like it used to. Because I'm like, okay. The old the old theory or homage of tuning a bow is like you really can't even tune one until you shoot 500 or 200 arrows through it because you got to stretch the string. Mm-hmm. But you know to have the guys at Matthews be like, hey, we're gonna like tune your bow before it even gets to you. It's like okay, but it's only been shot 20 times. Like, is it actually is the string gonna stretch? I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I'm sure technology is constantly I'm sure advancing. I'm sure it's gonna settle a teeny little bit. Yeah. Whether or not you notice that. I probably won't notice, yeah. Is the thing. <laughs> it's going to shoot great. Mark pre-tuned my bow last year. It was easy to set up. Oh, bows really? are always easy to set up. Yeah. I think I'm in like the archery sweet spot of like most bows shoot a good arrow for my specs. Yeah, yeah. I never have to fiddle with bow too hard. Yeah, same. Blessed. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag not good enough to notice. New Matthews. Hashtag <laughs> blessed. <laughs> the new bows are going to be sweet, though. Yeah. Yeah. They've teased some stuff to me on them. It sounds pretty rad. So. Mm-hmm. Next level innovation. Matthews is hands down the best bow company. It's kind of wild what they're actually. I mean, I don't know. I, whatever. The last 10 years, I've been like, I don't know how you can make a bow any better. But they do. They think year. of things that I don't even think of as a problem, and then once they actually come out with it, I'm like, oh, that is so much better. Duh. Like, so, yeah, yeah that, that's product innovation. In we minus. could probably end the conversation, but I kind of just like asking you random questions. Had any problems with the four, four-wheel camper? What's the latest break on it? Have you had any recently? No problems. No, it's, it's been hanging great. in there tight. It's hanging in there tight. I see them all the time. Oh my gosh! I don't gosh, even think I'd want one anymore. Yeah, they're not—they're not cool and new. They're when I first got mine three years ago, I was one of You're like one of three few. people in in Bozeman that had one. Now they're all over the place, but it's kind of nice though because there's so many people that have them now that like people don't you recognize my vehicle as much. Yeah. yeah, I blend in. So until you step out of the car and they see you. Well, yeah, that's where you know haircut and face paint and all you that. You start wearing hoods, sunnies, beanies. Yeah. It's so great to run into people, but at the same time, when you're in your little secret hidey hole or whatever, and you run into somebody, and they're like, oh, my God, are you Stephen Drake? I'm like, oh, it's really cool. Like, I want to come talk to you and hang out, but I'm like, I don't. Like, I just, you know, you, you take a lot of, I don't know, pride's the right word, but, like, uh, you just, you spend so many years developing your hunting spots and your little secrets, and last thing you want to do is run into somebody that sees you on social media and, like, oh, this must be where, you know, all of these photos just came from, or heaven forbid, I post a vlog like a couple of days later after I run in, after I run into somebody, and it's just like you got to be careful because you can blow stuff up, and and it's not like I want I genuinely want people to have cool experiences out in the mountains, but I don't want it to be I want in it to my be spot. in my way. I don't want it to be in my. <laughs> I want them to work for it. I don't want yeah. them to be like year one come in not know what they're doing and just see like oh well I saw bloody blah from. Instagram, I saw a background of one of their photos, so I came here and like, oh, sure enough, there's lots of elk. It's like, no, I want you to figure that out on your own. It's going to be a more rewarding, you know, learning curve for yourself if you do it on your own versus 
kind of use somebody else to do it's that. It's lame if you just scrap someone else's spot off their video. Yeah, yeah. I watched a video the other day. Tons of elk shoot, showed all kinds of mountains. I'm sure if I spent the time, I'd go figure out where it's at. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to know where it's at. Yeah. I want to find it on my own if I ever go there. And then <laughs> it's my spot. Yeah. Not so-and-so's spot that I jacked. Yeah. Plus, the other person, that so-and-so, is already hunting there. So, like, you know, you're 10 years behind the, the learning curve. So, why not Ten. just go? Well, I don't know. What if that was the first time they ever went in there? Well, then you're one year behind the learning also, curve. Also, why does everyone feel that they need to film their hunts nowadays? I don't know. Because they see what we do, and they're like, I want to have that lifestyle. But they're not going to. Well. 98, 99% of them aren't going to. Yeah, but every... Because they don't want to put the time and the effort in to film it well. True. But every 10-year-old that grows up playing some sport, they're always dreaming of being an Olympian. They're always but dreaming it's not 10-year-olds that are making the videos. <laughs> it's like 45-year-old guys. That's true. That is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I did find a sheep hunt the other day from some kids up in Alberta. Woo! Heater. Loved it. Nice. Dude, they were rocking legit just authentic outfits that i was into their canadian slang was on point <laughs> like the one dude was stomping in wrangler blue jeans but getting after it shot a sheep nice it was sick that's when i like it yeah nine out of ten times i just skip to wherever they kill something yeah why is that why yeah why is that well it's because the production quality is so bad you're just like just get me to the point i'm just curious to see what he shot I want to know what your journey was, but you're not very good at telling me what it was, so I'm yeah. just going to skip through it, <laughs> which is probably good, because then whenever I make a film, I'm like, they, this better be interesting, because they <laughs> want to watch this, then I'll just skip to the kill shot. <laughs> One thing that's interesting on YouTube now, you can actually like set little like chapters within, like your, say you have a 10-minute video, and you could be like, okay, at 30 seconds in, like you, you mark like intro, and then 30 more seconds, you're like, tip number one or whatever you can kind of divide your video into sections so now people instead of sitting there having to watch your whole your full 10 minute thing they can just look down at the bottom and see where these little chapter markers are and you can see what the chapter is so people can just click forward to whatever they want to see which is that's where you start messing with them yeah you put the kill shot where you're actually talking about the hunt and then you talk about like why i'm hunting here and like that's the kill (laughs) shot there you go and they, no one would ever see your kill shot, probably. <laughs> uh, they might be intrigued. They might just start searching. They'd be like, damn it. Like, it'd be like, this guy got me. Obviously, he wants me to watch his film. Clever. It better be good. Wherever, yeah. Whatever the kill shot segment is labeled on YouTube, but it isn't, needs to be good. Yeah. We'll end on that. YouTube tech tip. There you go. Yep. Courtesy of the duo, Drake and... Zach. <laughs> last name and then what a first do you, name. Do you think people call you by your first name or your last name more? Uh, last name. Yeah. Do you like sure. that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't really care. <laughs> it's always, it's kind of a conundrum with my girlfriend though. Cause she doesn't like Drake. Well, she, I think she does. But, but I mean like the singer. Does she like Drake the singer? No, she's not really into that. See, so maybe that's the throw off. Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But if I'm ever on, like, the phone with uh, whoever, whether it be a repair person or a credit card company, and they're like, I'm like, yep, Stephen Drake. And they're like, Drake? 
They're like, yeah, like Drake, like the rapper. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, works every time. Get him every time. See? Yeah. That's or Drake, like a, or like a duck. I sometimes, that, that works too. Well, that's a weird one. Like a Drake Mallard. That's if you're feeling like they're a hunter. Yeah, if they're hunters, I pull out like the Drake. Yeah, you know, like a jokes. Drake Mallard. Yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Some people get it. Some people don't. Huh. Some people just laugh and you can tell they didn't get it. And you're just like, yeah, whatever. Just going with it. So. All right, we're wrapping her up. Uh, it could be another six months for hearing from us again. Who the heck knows?